You're tuned in to Discovering Amazing Possibilities, part of the Amplify Her Media Network. We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further, pausing for a moment to ask ourselves, what else is possible? What if you were to just be with the question so that you could then choose something different for your life, not necessarily having to seek out any answer? So this is an invitation to you to go do the thing, do it messy and do it anyway. Discover something new about your life each and every day. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? Hey there, my name is Meli Ramirez and I'm the host of Chingona's Only Club, a podcast for women of all backgrounds where we discuss our struggles with gender norms, societal roles, and social issues. If you want to learn more and connect with strong and equally resilient women, I invite you to listen in every Tuesday on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Let's empower one another through our powerful storytelling. Adios! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am here with a very special guest, Lorelai Colbert. She's such a genuine and kind human being, and I am so happy to have her on the show. She is a triple negative breast cancer survivor, and I wanted her to share her story and how she discovered possibility on her healing journey while also being of service to others. She really just gives back so much to the community in so many different ways through educating others on breast cancer awareness and also the importance of being your own advocate when it comes to your health. Welcome, Lorelai. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Carmen. I am so glad to be here tonight. Now, you have a very unique story and journey facing triple negative breast cancer at age 28. Can you share your story with us and some of the things you faced during that time? Yes. So let's rewind and go back to 2020, where that was a hard year for everyone. And for me, I was getting ready to move around the world on military orders with my husband and our puppy. And in order to do that, I needed an exam. I needed a physical And in that appointment, it was August 25th, uh, 26th, 2020, I was in for a physical and I asked about birth control. And that question led to my life today. At 28 years old, I was in the doctor's office and I was told I didn't need a breast exam because I was 28. And my genetic testing didn't show that I had any predisposition cursors that warranted one. She said I could have my pap and be on my way. And remember, I'm thinking I'm going around the world. So I did not want to delay our family one bit. So I said, that's fine. And the doctor left to go get uh, the tool she needed for the pap, you know, the lovely pap. And um, I had a moment alone with the nurse. And when the doctor left the room, the nurse just looked at me and said, so you're not doing the breast exam. And in that moment, I knew that this woman was in my life for a reason. Something in my gut just started alarming me. And I said, because you you said it, let's do it. And when the doctor returned to the room, 
I requested a breast exam. It was in that appointment that a lump was found and it was a day that changed my world. After that appointment, I went to another doctor's appointment and was told by a different doctor that even though the lump was 3.6 centimeters, it looked mostly benign and I could wait six months. And again, my gut was just alerting me that something was not right here. Yes, I'm 28. Yes, I didn't have any family history of breast cancer, but my gut was really in tune that day. So I asked for the next available appointment, which is a biopsy. And that biopsy let us know that I would be facing stage two, grade three, triple negative breast cancer at age 28. Wow. That's truly amazing. And I'm sure even prior to that, you know, you had mentioned you're on your way to moving out of the country with your husband and your dog. And then all of a sudden you receive this news. So how did you feel in that very moment in time when you received the news? When I received the news, I felt like my world stopped. The doctor called me at home and I had requested that. I told her, don't waste my time. I don't want to drive down the highway. You know, if you know, I want to know. So I didn't get the call until September 15th, 2020. And I was home by myself and I just started writing feverishly whatever she was saying as the tears were streaming down my face. And I was trying to absorb what she was saying, but it was so hard because in that moment, I was thrown into a new world, whether I was ready for it or not. A new world with a new vernacular, just a new world. And even that night, you know, I called my husband, he came right home. We had called our work teams, we called our families, and we knew that we were going to face this with whatever we needed to do. We were a team. And then we ordered a delicious meal because even in these really sucky life altering moments, we knew to control what we could and find that little bit of joy that would make our heart feel a little bit better. Yes. So can you share with the audience how important it is to advocate for your own health and for yourself. I know you mentioned you had this wonderful nurse that sort of started the process of you advocating for yourself and your health, but not a lot of people understand that. So advocating for yourself can save your life. And my experience is the perfect example of that. My whole journey brought up all these life lessons. And I mentioned listening to my gut, but the next part was speaking up. And I learned that so fast that I don't even think I knew I was learning it in the moment until I had a moment to pause and say, wow, advocating for yourself can save your life. Advocating for myself meant speaking up when. I felt that gut check and asking the doctor for the breast exam, that first appointment. Advocating also was asking for the next available appointment when I was told I could wait six months, 
with a diagnosis like triple negative breast cancer, that lesson of advocating for yourself is so clear and blatant because it is such a a scary and intense diagnosis. Triple negative breast cancer is one of the more rare types of breast cancer, but it's known for being aggressive and it's, it's known for having a really intense track record. So though my experience was very intense, um, I, I take advocating for myself so seriously. And I hope your darling listeners who love all the amazingness that life has to offer, they're inspired to just speak up a little bit more, even in times that they might not usually, because it can change your life. And for me and for my husband and our dog, it changed our entire world. We never moved abroad so I could focus on treatment. And the last couple of years would have never happened had I not learned to speak up and advocate. I wholeheartedly agree. So, so important. You know, these lessons stay with me and advocating for yourself in health is so important but it's so transferable in so many other aspects, whether you're asking for a raise or a payment, a negotiation, or today I had a shipment that didn't get picked up. And in my head, I'm saying, advocate for yourself, Lorelai, call FedEx back and get to the root of this problem. And you know, for me, that is getting a delivery somewhere on time. So there's that really intensity of advocate for yourself and be your own advocate. And then there's these little moments in life that if you advocate for yourself, you still can make a world of a difference, even if it's not life or death. For sure. Yeah. You can apply it to pretty much any small or big area of your life. Mm -hmm. Now you and I met through a dear friend of ours, Stephanie Brichot in a group coaching program called The Joy Method. And I know you started The Joy Method right after active treatment. And this was an immense time of growth for you. Can you share what it was like during that time for you? And what ways did that growth contribute to your healing journey? And maybe if if you're willing to share what that means, active treatment. Yeah, absolutely. So active treatment for a cancer patient is all the treatment that you're going through during your journey. So my active treatment included eight rounds of chemotherapy, a bilateral mastectomy and reconstruction, along with uh, a fertility preservation measure where I was getting a shot every 28 days to try to protect my ovaries because I did not do IVF. Um, active treatment for other cancer survivors in your life might just be chemo or might just be surgery or might be both of them coupled with radiation. So I was diagnosed in September of 2020. I started chemotherapy in October of 2020 and didn't finish active treatment until June of the next year. So that's a lot of life that you're just thinking about beating cancer and getting cancer out of you. So I met you right after that. 
And to describe that time frame, it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes, but I was just the ashes. <laughs> Survivorship is hard after active treatment. And I felt like all of a sudden I was in uncharted waters. I could feel everything with this heightened awareness of my physical body. But my doctors told me I will see you in three months. So now I have no one to tell. I just went from this rigorous regimen to nothing. And I needed to find a way to get myself out of those ashes because this strong woman who was now 29 and just faced a huge beast in her life was now getting just overwhelmed with anxiety and worries that it was going to come back. So when I met you, I was diving in to a bunch of opportunities to try to find my new path forward. And those tools included therapy, and that really helped expand my my emotional toolkit um, and just learn new tools that I could use when I was really overwhelmed. It included peer-to-peer communication, uh, joining groups with other survivors and uh, specifically triple negative survivors who really understood what it means when you just get let go and there's no medication, uh, nothing. And then I joined the Joy Method with you, Carmen, and it was amazing to be around all of these women who wanted to grow in their own unique way. And it wasn't, you know, some of us wanted jobs. Some of us wanted different jobs. Some of us wanted to tap into their why or me. I'm just trying to to claw my way out of the ashes because life as I know it is completely different. And that that session was amazing. I love that you were my group. And I feel like I had so many takeaways that I applied to my journey of healing. And I've been able to not only adopt some of those principles in my own healing journey, but pass them along to other breast cancer survivors who are still in active treatment or are in survivorship or who might be in survivorship and have lingering medications because that also exists. I think that for me, joining the joy method was really um, eye-opening as well. And I think specifically the energy piece to it all, because no matter what we're going through, everything's energy, right? And Mm -hmm. you had all this energy prior afterwards like you described that just being the ashes and now you wanted to rise up out of those ashes in sort of exploring a whole new energy Mm -hmm. and that felt a little bit foreign I'm sure it did and there were so many new principles and I know you're a Reiki master is it master yeah master love that what a fabulous title. So you're pretty aware of the different principles, but the energy, the the loving yourself into change, the idea that you don't have to do, but you can be who you want to be. Ooh, it was just so special to to receive those messages during that time. Yes. And now you were seeing yourself 
differently, I'm sure. I mean, you you saw yourself prior to the diagnosis and then you saw yourself after the diagnosis and now you're seeing yourself leading into survivorship. And so what are some of the ways you've connected now with your intuition and your body as sort of your own inner healer? And how did that feel different prior to being diagnosed and then after diagnosed? And then also part two to this question, survivorship. A lot of people don't really understand that and how there's more to it than just, oh, okay, you did the chemo, you did the, all these other treatments and you're okay, right? I'm sure they've asked, people have asked you that. And you're mm-hmm. like, yes, and, but. So yes. share with us a little bit how you connect with your intuition, your body now as your own inner healer. And then a little bit about what survivorship is like. Yes. Tuning into my intuition and those gut feelings now is so powerful because I am a living, breathing example of what listening to your gut can do. And I feel like now I'm more aware of those little gut intuition feels and pulses. And I think I act on those more often. And sometimes that might be taking a risk or saying no, or saying I need to rest, but I feel much more in tune with my body. And maybe that intuition was always calling, but I didn't pick up the phone. And now I'm picking up the phone more. It's really special to take on survivorship and realize that even though it's hard, we can face it. And I think if we all recognize that there is there's a lot of power in listening to your gut and controlling what you can, uh, those tools come in handy in survivorship, but also in any part of life or any part of a challenge you're facing. Uh, the other question you asked was survivorship. And survivorship is what happens when you ring the bell, right? It is after active treatment, some people consider themselves a survivor right when they get their diagnosis. But for me, I considered myself a survivor once I finished active treatment. And survivorship is so hard because you're exactly right. All of a sudden, everyone thinks you're okay. And that question is such a, it feels like a a punch in the gut. Because you want to be okay with everything you have, but life is not what it once was. You are now realizing all of the trauma that you faced because before this, for many, you're in it. You're showing up every week and you're going after those chemo appointments. You're getting those shots in your butt. You're going after surgery. And then all of a sudden... It hits you when you have three months in between appointments or six months in between appointments. So I really appreciate you asking this question and raising awareness because survivorship is hard. And if you have friends who have gone through a cancer journey and they rang that bell and you're ready to just welcome them back to life before, they probably need you to meet them in their new their new path forward, their new life forward, because they're not the same. 
And some days it's going to feel like sunshine. And some days they might get hit in the gut with, uh, are you okay? Or nice haircut. And they didn't choose that haircut. So check on your survivor friends, (laughs) y'all. It is not easy, but it is, it is able to be faced, uh, with, with controlling what you can and knowing that you're not alone. Does that answer your two questions? (laughs) Yep. What are some of the things you did uh, for yourself as you entered in this stage and you realized, oh, well, there's more to it all than just simply, like you said, ringing the bell and moving on with your life. You are moving on with your life, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. I take time to celebrate all of my milestones. So I celebrate the day that I got diagnosed. I celebrate the my last day of chemo. I celebrate the day I had surgery, which a bilateral mastectomy is where they remove all your breast tissue. I celebrate that day because those anniversaries hold so much weight. And though I celebrate the day and sometimes there may be tears, I'm so proud of myself for how far I've come. And when I was thinking uh, how I wanted to face survivorship, I knew I just couldn't crumble. I couldn't stay in that phase of the ashes. So the joy method was so helpful. Uh, Celebrating myself was really helpful. But a couple other fun things I did was I framed my bell. So sometimes bells in the cancer center are attached to the wall. But my bell, I don't know if it's because it was COVID or if my unit was moving, they gave me uh, my own bell to ring. And I worked with a local business here in North Carolina and got it custom framed. And the team took such dedication that I can take it off the wall and shake it and it will still ring even in its framed box. And I've learned to dive into paying it forward, connecting with other survivors and giving back. I find that sharing my story is a fire within me. I cannot believe my journey, how it played out. I can't believe that I was 28 and I had two experiences in one run that could have made my diagnosis, my life a lot different. And I feel that I need to keep speaking out so others realize that this can happen And we can take control of these situations by being our own advocate. There's a lot that we can do in this survivorship journey, but those are a couple of the things that stick out to me. I love that. And framing the bell and having, being able to ring it even after. Yeah, that was all that team. They are amazing. Celebrating the, the joy in even the littlest of milestones. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important too, because when we get all overwhelmed and, and that energy kind of sticks in our body, right? Sometimes you got to have a way to move it through and to see, to find the joy in even the little moments of the overwhelming moments too. Oh my gosh. There are so many little moments where you can find joy coming out of something during your journey of healing. And you started something called the chemo to kindness challenge. Can you 
share what that was and why you started it? Yes. I love the chemo to kindness challenge. This challenge was for 16 weeks and I challenged my online community to do 100 acts of kindness every week for the duration of my chemotherapy treatment. And I asked the community to do an act and share it with me on social media because I knew during 2020, which was such a hard year, that other people needed this light in their lives. And I had a feeling that it was going to lift me up during hard times. Um, I had recently listened to a podcast that explained the benefits of acts of kindness. And it said how it raised these levels of oxytocin, the love drug and serotonin. And you didn't even have to be doing the act of kindness. You could just hear about it and it would impact you. And since I've heard other studies come out that have talked about how good acts of kindness make the receiver feel and newsflash, it's a lot more than we think. Even if it's just a phone call or a note, the receiver feels so much love. So the Chemo to Kindness Challenge was launched on my first day of chemotherapy treatment, October 19th, 2020. And I knew I would have eight chemotherapy treatments with one week off in between, 16 weeks. So I gave examples of what these acts of kindness could be. As I mentioned, it could be really small, like like just picking up the phone and making a phone call. It could be a donation, but I really wanted others to know that it did not have to be monetary. But the biggest part of this was to tell me about it and share it with me on social media. So I launched it that morning when I went into the hospital for chemo. And I was so overwhelmed in the best way possible with the love that started pouring in. I think over the first week, we had 70 acts come in. And then from there, it kept growing. And then I would see people that I didn't know do an act of kindness and tell me about it. And it was just so special to see how far kindness could reach And I could feel how much kindness could impact the human body and the human soul. Because after that first round of chemo, my vision was blurred from the medication, not from the chemo, but from the medication they gave me to combat the chemo. So I couldn't even read these acts of kindness that people were tagging me in, but I heard about them and I was uplifted during such a hard time. That's amazing. I'm sure it was something that you were able to find joy in also, even when you could hardly see the words. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And the goal was 1600 acts. So 100 acts of kindness for 16 weeks of chemo. And I'm born on the 16th. So I love 16. I just thought it was all very meant to be. And we wound up We, the kindness community, who we became, anyone who wanted to to take on kindness and let me know about it during that time, uh, wound up generating 1,700 acts of kindness around the world in, I think, eight different countries, more than 20 states. 
in more than 70 coffee drive throughs because there was a lot of coffee trains started. It was so amazing, Carmen. And I still like you can you can feel it right now. Like I still get uplifted today thinking about how special that challenge was and how important it was to me during that time. And I'm sure to other people as well, even if they weren't going through the extent of a healing journey that you were impacted and uplifted and inspired many, many people. It did. And it was wonderful to see our return kindness warriors who started posting every week, once a week for the challenge. They were up for it. There was one week where I was just feeling it from the side effects and I had started doing weekly videos to give updates on how I was feeling, what my journey looked like, what where our kindness was at for the week. So some weeks we were at, you know, 240, we're at 700, we're at 654 and we need to be at 700. So we're behind people. But I didn't sign on one Monday until very late. And someone messaged me and they said, I'm just waiting for your Monday motivation. And uh, even that made my heart swell just to know that people were invested in the kindness challenge and invested in my journey because this was all an awareness that a young woman who was 28 could get diagnosed with breast cancer and that triple negative breast cancer is a thing. So I, I make sure I, I specify that it was triple negative. Yeah, no, that's good that you say that because. I didn't know and you had to tell me so that I appreciate you for educating me as well. (laughs) So this has been an amazing conversation and I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing um, how you can continue to educate others and we can continue to educate ourselves too and how uh, we can advocate for ourselves on our own healing journey. We could become our own inner healers, as I like to call it. So I like to sort of end the episodes with a question that I like to ask everyone. What is one amazing possibility that you've discovered on your healing journey? And what is one that you feel is still yet to be discovered or one that you maybe haven't considered or even that you have considered, but hasn't shown up yet? Mm, I love this question. I think one amazing possibility that I've learned on this healing journey has been how amazing our bodies are. And I was introduced to not just our physical body, but our emotional body. And I think I am speaking to both of those when I, I say how amazing they are and I've seen firsthand how our physical bodies can take some of the harshest things and still come out on the other side and the hair on your head starts to grow again. Your scars start to fade. Some of that steroid puffiness might go away, but also the emotional journey Um, where even when you're looking at some of these really dark times in your life, you still have the capacity to love and let joy and light in. And 
the second part of your question of, of where I'm not sure, I'm not sure where this amazing possibility is, right? One that I've not tapped into yet, I think is really how far that love and joy and light go after a hard time. And I'm really proud of myself for where I'm at right now. But I know in my heart, I have so much more love to give and I have so much more breath to share with these words of my story and stories of other amazing women who have walked this path before me or alongside me. So I'm really excited to discover that as I keep keep going. Beautiful. I love that. So we're going to have a little fun as we come to the end of our conversation. You're making me nervous. (laughs) So I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. Favorite place to go where you currently live? The reservoir. Favorite hot beverage now that we're in the cold winter months? Hot cocoa with marshmallows and sometimes whipped cream. Yum. I love whipped cream. Book that you're currently reading, if you're reading anything right now. I am. I'm reading Educated. Educated. And who's that by? I don't know off the top. I think her name's Tara, but she mm-hmm. was Mormon. And it's her, it's a crazy experience of her childhood. Very interesting. And what is the thing that's bringing you the most joy right now? Mm, besides you and this conversation, gosh, my heart feels like it could explode. I'm going to say you and this conversation. I feel very grateful. And not only for you, but the questions that you asked and your mission to to lift my voice and raise awareness. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Where can people find you? How they how can they connect with you? Yeah, so uh, come on over to my website, lorelaicolbert.com. You can also find me on Instagram at lorelaicolbert. Amazing. And you also have some really beautiful uh, cards that you've designed your watercolor yes. cards. Yes. Thank you. Um, those are available at lorelaicolbert.com. And I got back into watercoloring during my journey. So it's been really special to even that learn how to tap into that joy and bring it forward with me into this new life. So right now I have a few different designs on lorelaicolbert.com slash shop. And 16% of this collection will go to the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. Please take a look. That is my heart on a page. Have you always watercolored? I did some art when I was younger and then I stopped for years. So I got a set when I was going through chemo, a new watercolor set. And here we are. Oh, so you were able to rediscover that in a way. Mm-hmm. happen to your creativity. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lorelai. This has been a wonderful and inspiring conversation. And I'm so grateful to have met you in the joy method and become connected and continue to stay connected and, and hear about your healing journey. Thank you, Carmen. It was such an honor to spend some time with you tonight. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos, and every Monday, I hope you can tune in. 
because I'll be dropping new episodes with the Momster podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually, and on my episodes, I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster podcast, which is part of the Amplify Her Media Network. If you enjoyed today's episode or were inspired by something you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. You can also rate or review the show. And if you want to stay connected, head on over to my website, IamCarmenShields.com or over on Instagram at AmazingPossibility.